Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. This weekend is supposed to be the most traveled weekend in the last decade, which basically means all of those people are on the road right now. And guess where we are? In the Kiss Studio. (laughs) That's where I'd rather be if people are on the road. Traffic was actually really light this morning. It wasn't that bad coming in, but going the other direction... Headed towards the lakes and stuff. Was it was good? backed up. I'm just excited because the pool opened in my apartment complex because it's Memorial Day weekend. Woohoo! And they usually open on Memorial Day, but opened early this year. And the only downside to that is all of the kids shrieking. Oh, shrieking kids is all part of summer, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm right off of the the pool. Like my apartment is right by the pool, so there will be no daytime <laughs> napping all summer long. <laughs> Oh, by the way, this is Kelly standing in for Nicole today. You recognize her voice by now. Hello again. Hello again. I know. I feel like, um, what's her name? The chick with a really irritating voice, Delilah. Sorry, Delilah, if you're a listener, we apologize. I'm not not. sorry. (laughs) Time to retire, baby. I don't like Delilah. Neither do I. I want to find her and kick her in her teeth. Is she the one that says, I'm listening? Yes. Okay. Does she? I never I got that she... far because I was so annoyed by the. <laughs> I know Frazier said that for sure, but I feel yeah, like Delilah did, did as well. Fra- Frazier was awesome, though. Yeah, I love Frazier. Yeah. I grew up wanting to be Roz. Well, I Roz grew up wanting to be. Cool. Fra- well, actually, I was already on the radio by that time, so. That's how old I am. You just aged yourself. Sorry. Then again, so did I. <laughs> I'm turning 30 soon. Oh, boo hoo. It's really sad, actually. Says the over 50 and the over 40. Yeah, mm-hmm. but wasn't 30 hard for you? I mean, step back for 30 a minute. 30 was it like, oh you know gosh, what? I didn't think I would no, be here now. 30 was not hard. Nah, 30 wasn't hard. 32 was hard. 32. Don't ask me why. 32, why 32 and 40. 32? Yeah. I don't know. Well, 30 is, I'm not excited about it, except for the Dirty 30 celebration in Vegas, which will also be a really traveled holiday because my birthday is the 4th of July. Well, there you go. I Happy. celebrated my 30th birthday by divorcing my husband. Woo-hoo! Yeah, you did. <laughs> Taking out the trash. Yep. It's yeah. a good way to start a new decade, you know? Yeah, you know. You have to spring clean every 30 years. So I did. <laughs> 30 years. God, I need to see your closets. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know how much I move. I spring clean way more than that. Yeah, I think everybody should be required to move every two years or so just to humble Humble themselves yeah. and get rid of all the crap that builds up. I move constantly. I don't have that problem. Yeah, well, I haven't moved lately. It's been 10 years since I moved, so it feels a little odd to say that. Um, so you probably have a lot of stuff that needs cleaned out. My attic is very cluttered at this moment in time, yes. Any good books up there? Are you kidding? I don't put books in the attic. What kind of a monster do you think I am? I mean, if you've like already read them a billion times and you just wanted to make room on your shelf... No, I'm I'm uh, I treat my books sort of like I treat my friends. I keep them around. You don't keep us on the back burners. 
I you have don't stick us in the attic. Anywhere. You're not in the, in the attic. attic. You're on the her. shelves, even if you are in the way, way back. My shelves are full, but I have little stacks of book books on like every surface in my house. It's I kind of do right now too. I, I just have do like, the magazine. <laughs> you know what? I should take a I should take thing. a picture of my TBR pile that's right next to my bed because it's like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right next to my bed, like le- next next to my head, next to my bed. Mm-hmm. And we had an earthquake. Did you hear about that? Tuttle had an earthquake it, today. Oh, today they Yeah, did? today. Because mm, somebody was on Facebook that. saying, what's that? What was that booming sound? It was some, one of the library ladies. Oh, well, you know, we there have all those new... constantly now. Yeah. We have all those new oil Well, there's wells. fracking down there. I was about to say, but now. no, it's not fracking, yeah. supposedly. No, well, it's, it's wastewater disposal, and yeah, that is accurate. No, I know. It's definitely the cause of it. Yeah. You can't argue with science. Science, bitches. I know. <laughs> Have you seen the Bill Nye Saves the World on Netflix? No, watch it. it's but awesome. I've heard of it and I really want to watch it's it. It's really good. Watch it. I've heard it's really good. It's awesome and hilarious. And it's funny because he definitely was trying to reach the younger audience again. Mm-hmm. Like he did with um, Bill Nye the Science Guy, his show then. Mm-hmm. But this is, I feel like, a little bit older kids. Like maybe like late edgier. teens, you know? That type hmm. of thing. So it just made me laugh because there's a specific point where he brings like a celebrity guest on. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, I think it's Zach Braff. And he's like, he's here. And if he says it, then you'll believe it. He's like, it's sad. It's pathetic. But it works. No, I laughed so hard because I was like, yes, it does. That appeals to false authority. Well, you know, I wish that science would take take a a page out of religion's book and start them when they're really young get them while they're impressionable mm-hmm. and stick that science in there i think the problem with science for most people at least it was for me i always liked the experiments and i found it really interesting it's all the jargon and no, so much me, of it was is the so math. technical oh, the freaking and math man yeah that too, too. Math. it's just i don't know my brain doesn't work that way anyway i love math yeah, little Miss uh, <clears throat> Right Brain or yeah, Left Brain, left brain or, over there. Yeah, Left yeah. Brain. I was really good at science. That uh, was the only class. My teacher actually was got mad at me because I wouldn't take a a higher course in science. I was just in the general science class. He wanted me to go into the AP. You should yeah. have been a scientist. You would have been great. You're so meticulous. Because I had a 98 in there and I, I never did homework. I got it all done in class. I always knew what was going on just by, I mean, just by what was going on in class. I just. By the time we got to chemistry, I was lost. I the only it. parts that I did okay on was when we got to cut open animals. I did have to study the periodic table because. Well, you know, learn. that's that's a sign of a serial killer. What? And we will get back to that. No, I promise <laughs> I'm not a sociopath, but there was something really fascinating. No, so about, sociopath and psycho, psychopath are two different well, things. The, the pig psychopath. Heart. We dissected a pig heart and the pig heart is the closest to the human heart. And it's probably going to sound like really morbid, but my grandma had surgery when I was 12 and had her mitral valve um, replaced with a pig valve. Oh, and she so- had always loved pigs, was obsessed with pigs. Her kitchen was decorated in pigs and then uh-huh. a pig ended up saving her life. So two years yeah. later, we're dissecting this pig heart and I'm you know, looking at the similarities between it and the human heart and just kind of marveling over that having that saved my sound, grandma. That doesn't so sound it wasn't morbid. really like, you know, dark no. and morbid, but I did enjoy that. So... Did I you know s- I sounded like a sociopath. Just no, no, no. Did Psychopath, you hear not sociopath. No, sociopaths have no conscience. So um, They're having a thing that's coming to Oklahoma City where they have cadavers. 
and they have um yeah the bodies like, was it didn't right. that, wasn't I saw that it here in San before Diego. it was amazing I thought it, oh it was in Houston it was yes. but a friend of it's mine it's creepier than shit her her daughter now she's only four but she's obsessed with becoming a doctor she wants to be a doctor so bad I mean yeah take last, her in there and show her that see how long that lasts she's wanting to, she's wanting to go I oh went to gosh. in Tulsa and in San Diego and the one in Tulsa was way smaller than the exhibit they had in San Diego. Um, and there were certain exhibits that they wouldn't let you have, or they wouldn't let Oklahoma have, you know, mm. Oklahoma was like, yeah, no, we're not having that here. Like the pregnant woman who was bisected and yeah. you could see the, like half the, the fetus in yeah. the womb. Yeah. Um, obviously that's not something that was going to be in Oklahoma, for but that was in who San are Diego listening, was awesome. People who are listening, we should probably clarify what the exhibit is. The bodies exhibit is, um, like actual humans that are preserved to show their vascular system, right? So they're brains, like preserved organs, in some everything. sort of polyurethane or I don't even know something, but it's actual bodies that are preserved or plasticized, right? And there are people that have donated their bodies, right? To These science. are not people. This is not creepy. So it is creepy, not but like it's not creepy. An, an, uh, <laughs> I don't know. What if you was remember. it? The an, anonymous. Apprentice, what did I do? Anatomist. Like? Anatomist apprentice where they, you know, dug them up and took them to the back door of the... <laughs> Actually, there was a lot of controversy surrounding this exhibit. When it first you, came yes, out. when it yes. first came out because some of the people were not willing participants really? in this. Yeah, they were like slaves that their, their bodies had been, you know, owned by people who donated it to science, but it didn't really belong to them. It should have belonged to the family. There was all this crazy stuff. Well... Anyway, it's a cool exhibit prisoners. because you get you get to uh, you get to see what it would be like without you know feeling like a ghoul, even if you sort of are ghoulish, right? Uh, and you can't tell me that people do not have um, morbid curiosity because that's, that's a popular what I'm talk about. That's a, a very popular exhibit, and I have to say that there is a slight smell. Yes. When you go in. You mean an extreme one? It smells like embalming fluid in the whole place. Yes. Okay, I was just trying to be nice. That's what yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely is. awful. Yeah, it is definitely formaldehyde. Is it with the lungs? Um, I'm a smoker. I started smoking before I even understood what the word addiction meant. So I've been smoking for 20 years. <laughs> and <laughs> She was uh, like that little kid you see on, on YouTube who smoked a, smoked a pack of cigarettes a day. Yeah, I mean, I was actually, so that's kind of sad. But by 12, I was smoking a pack a day. Um. Yeah, I know. I stayed at pack a day though. I've never really gone up. So good on me for that one. At any rate, uh, um, I was looking at the the lungs exhibit, and they have the healthy lungs, and then right next to it is the the smokers' lungs. Yeah. And then they have this giant box right next to it where people have thrown it, and it's just a clear glass box, you know, with a people opening at their the top. People in. have thrown all their cigarettes in there. And all I like, like how do I get into this box? Yes, that's all I could think was like, <laughs> why like, would you waste all those cigarettes? I want them. I need to well, save the money. I think Hook that one up. still has cellophane on the wrapper. Yeah, I'm some just going to should like walk behind little old ladies that didn't smoke the whole thing. Hey, can I have that? Yeah, no, I should have hey, just posted up by the box. There's still some left on that. Can I have that? <laughs> and as somebody went to drop him in, go, I will take that off your hands gladly. <laughs> that's what I should have done. But like, Let me help you with that. Such an addict. All right, so uh, perhaps we should, like, oh, I don't know, segue into the actual reason that we're here tonight. I thought you were going to with the closet thing. Coming out of the closet. Somebody said something about coming out of the closet comment. I thought you'd be like, oh! Coming out of the closet, speaking of which, I read a book. Thank you for that uh, lovely introduction, Kelly. Totally missed that. Whoosh! 
Uh, yeah, we were having a discussion before we, we began this evening because I asked Kelly, I said, because Kelly is gay. Yeah. And so... <laughs> I, She's I, proud I, of it. Woo! <laughs> Um, I wish I had brought my I rainbow like, flag. I was like, dude, the book I read has a lesbian main character. Is it okay if I talk about it? She's like, yeah, that's awesome. But it's funny because uh, previously, um, it was like two weeks ago, was it, that I asked you about that? Um, there was a book that I started to read, Black Wave by Michelle T. T-E-A. I picked it up because it, it was uh, an end of the world type book. At least the description on the back of it seemed like it was. So I began reading it, and I'm walking around shopping in Walmart, right? And in my ear, this book is going, and it's and it's the main character is a lesbian. But the whole first part of the book was lesbian sex, her talking about other women. I mean, it was just very. It was to me, it was the same thing as if I were reading. A, journal? Uh, a, a porno book from a, a straight porno, right? So you're listening to softcore porn in the Walmart. Yeah, that's kind of what it <laughs> felt like. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm really not that interested in your sex life. I just want to hear about the freaking end of the world. So I stopped reading it and said, Kelly, if you ever want to read something with the main characters who are <laughs> gay, read this book, Black Wave. And she's like, okay, cool. But uh, I started reading this other one. I think I think it was yesterday. I read it really fast because it was a good book. Um, it was called The Dime by Kathleen Kent. And the main character is a lesbian. But she's mostly, she's a police officer. And from the very beginning of the book, her being gay is not an issue. And I think at first I'm like, okay, good. So far, so good, because I read this other one and I wasn't into, you know, hearing about it all the time. I just wanted the story. Yeah. So as the story went on. Let's see if the dental dams out of this. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, yeah. romance is romance, whether it's girl, girl, Well, you know, girl, I don't guy. like romance. I'm all right, about the story. I want. why I said that. Yeah, I want. So it was very interesting to me that her character and and the writer was able to totally remove the big deal about being gay for this character. I mean, she was she was a cop. Right. First and foremost, a cop. Yeah, she was in love with a girl, but so what? She didn't spend all the time in the book talking about it. You know, it was almost not really a thing at all. I think it's important for books like that to exist, though, because as we were discussing prior to this, it normalizes it. And well, yeah, it, I think that a... There's a lot of misconceptions about the homosexual lifestyle. There's a lot of people who only focus on the sex part of it and forget the relationship part of it. Mm -hmm. So when you have books like that that exist that, you know, make the characters seem real and relatable and they just happen to be this, then you don't really even think about it. Right. And and I didn't. I didn't even think about it. You know, the, the character was she was a beautiful character. I saw her right away from the description. She had she had beautiful, long red hair. Oh, yeah, of course she did. Well. I have a redhead fetish. No big deal. I know. Sorry. <laughs> My girlfriend's a redhead. Yeah. Ow, ow. So that's this big, <laughs> big red hair. But like she was a also a, a sports fan. She was a, uh, she's from New York. So she had the New York thing going and, and. Uh, kind of brash. Yeah, exactly. And you, real strong character from the very beginning. And I've read books before 
where the character is very strong in the beginning, but then she's squishy on the inside, and you find that out later, and you're just like, <coughs> right. But this was one of so far. I have to say, she was one of my favorite characters that was a cop because it. I don't know. She just she fit her job and was able to do her job in a way and put off the people that she worked with, you know, because they would like try to tease her just like you would anybody that right. you work with. There's a lot of ribbing in the And she's like, anyway. yeah, psh, you know, she was very cool about it all, just like you would be in a real situation. Right. She wasn't all like, oh, I'm going to sue you for being a, you know, racist asshole or whatever, not racist, but. Homophobic. Homophobic. Right. Um, just very, I don't know. I just really liked the character. I thought she was very well written, but I wasn't quite sure if I was going to like the book because I thought it was going to go straight down the line police procedural where, you know, she's in the narcotics section and the FBI has to come in because there's a homicide and then they bicker, the two sides bicker. And I, I'm, I'm like, oh, yawn, yawn, yawn. I'm going to hate this book. And then something cool happens. Mm-hmm. And she gets kidnapped by a cult. What? Yeah. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, this is getting interesting now. And she, it is, um, well, first of all, what happens is they're, they're watching a drug dealer, okay? And they, they get real close, but he escapes, but then they lose him. They can't find him again. And somebody delivers a box to her front door at her apartment. And these obnoxious little Russian boys live in the apartment upstairs, take the box, steal it and put it in their closet upstairs. Well, three or four days later, the the mother's complaining that there's something dead in the apartment. Bonnie's mouth is. (laughs) It was a body part. It was a head. It was the drug dealer's head. In her house. In the lady upstairs' house, because and but it was delivered to her. But it was delivered to her. So they're trying to figure out. Okay, what kind of what kind of drug um, gangs would would do body parts like this? You know, this is it, it falls outside the norm. For, for this kind of a group to do that kind of a thing. And why did they deliver it to her? Because she's, yeah, she's part of the drug, the DEA or whatever, the drug task force, but she doesn't have any connection to this particular drug dealer. Right. And so we, and then a couple of weeks later or days later or something, um, as part of that same initial um, investigation, a woman, a girl who is uh, the drug dealer's girlfriend, was killed, and she had a like a red hair extension. She was uh, Asian, I believe, and when they found her, she didn't have it. But then this girl comes home, the main character comes home, and there's this red hair extension coiled up on her bed in her house. Hmm. So first that stuff starts happening. And then eventually she ends up getting kidnapped by this freaking cult because of her red hair. Oh. So the cult has this red haired thing going on. 
I want to be in this cult. From the Bible or some <laughs> creepy ass thing. I mean, it is creepy ass. And I don't want to go into too many details because it'll totally take the shock value out of it for you when you get to that part of the book. Because it's awesome. And I'm a sick Do individual. Do they want her to like breed or something? I'm not going to go into detail. I feel like that kind of stuff is predictable. It sounds well, that's predictable, but what they like... actually do to her to keep her is what is not predictable. Yeah. So anyway, I enjoyed it because it was... are formulaic, you know? I, well, that's why I liked this particular book. I do like procedurals from time to time. It's like a relaxing thing. You know, yes. you go back to the normal thing that you like and, and you read those for... It's like a beach read. It would be a great beach read for somebody who likes procedurals because it's just different enough because it's got things that are just slightly different enough to make it interesting mine was a beach read it's kind of funny you said that well you know this is the first official weekend of summer right yeah so we're talking about your pool so it falls into the if beach you read read it category the, if you read it at the pool is it considered a beach read sure I mean, you are in front of no, the water. No, but I went to Puerto Aransas not that long ago, which is when I started my book. But the question so is... I started at the beach. Is it considered a beach read if you're at the Redneck Water Park? I mean, Do you know what the Redneck Water Park is? Uh, would that be uh, a kiddie pool in the backyard? Well, yeah, and a sprinkler. <laughs> you know, you run through the sprinkler and then you, when pu- you put, put your lawn chair in the kiddie pool. <laughs> when you put a tarp in the back of your truck say. and fill it up with water. Yep, that's a redneck <laughs> water park right there. It's an awesome portable pool, though. I just want that on the right. <laughs> Which one? The, the truck thing? That's actually a thing that people do, and it works. It is, actually. So, never... just for the info here, the, the, name of the, uh, the name of the book was The Dime. And that's the other thing I liked about this book. I usually like to, when I'm reading a book and it has an obscure name like that, I'm reading it very intently to find out why it's called The Dime. Mm -hmm. Is it because she was a 10? No. Dang. (laughs) Nice try, though. I mean. Well, she didn't have red hair, so she might be a 10 for you. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of really unattractive redheads, but the hot ones are like, yes, whoa, like unicorns. You would love the cover of this book because she's very hot. Um, The Dime by Kathleen Kent. All right. So put that on your list. <clears throat> Who wants to go next? On your beach read list. Why don't you tell us about your beach read? All right. So I read James Patterson Fang. It's a Maximum Ride novel. Apparently there's a bunch of them. I didn't know that. It's okay. James Patterson is not an author I've ever read before, but, you know, he's a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm going to say having read this, I'm not really sure why. Um, <laughs> we could go on to we could go on for days talking about how James Patterson has gone downhill over the years. But let's hear your review first. Well, the thing is, is that when I first started reading it, it's immediate action. So it's about a flock of um, genetically engineered kids that have wings, so they can fly. Obviously, yes, this this must be like book number fifty of this particular series. But yes, go ahead. Yes, so the winged kids. Um, I like sci-fi, so I'm already kind of into it because it starts basically immediately with an action scene. You know, they're having to attack these people and they're, you know, diving and, you know, doing like bird-like attacks, but they're people. So even cooler. Um, (laughs) So they... (laughs) Don't make them mad. (laughs) It just launches straight into action, so I like it right away and it gets me drawn in. And then 
Oh, a lot of it seemed very much written for like teenagers. It seemed geared towards people who were about, you know, 16, 17. There's a lot of oh, the high school romance, weird drama. I do believe like, that that's hurt feelings right amongst children for, yeah. type thing. So it seemed very high schooly. And the way that the book is written, um, it, it's split into different books. So book one was, I don't know, hard to get through. Okay. But I was on the beach, so whatever. I got through it. <laughs> yeah, if you're on the beach, it makes it a little less. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Right. Yeah. So I get to part two and starts getting a little bit better. We have some new characters thrown up into the mix, some wrenches thrown into plans. And Ooh, uh, this girl, the main character, Maximum Ride, or Max, as she is called, um, she's kind of the leader of the flock. And she is like a really strong character who, I mean, she likes to fight and she's fierce and, you know, determined and kind of stoic and is one of those characters who doesn't really emote very well. But she's very protective of her flock because she is the leader. She's the oldest amongst them. And... She has a boyfriend, Fang. Okay, that's the name of the book. So there's this new bird kid that gets thrown up into the mix by some evil scientist who has decided that he's going to make all humans superhumans and has created his first successful genetically modified person that can fly and that also has the um, the power of sight so he can see people doing things in in current time all the way across the ocean or even in past times so he basically is like a a weird version of clairvoyant except he can also see in the past not just the future so this guy is supposed to be her other half if you will except she has a boyfriend she's like rebelling against this this person was created for you thing so then you get this weird love triangle thrown up into it. So you've got the sci-fi angle, you've got the action angle because of all the little battles that they get into and all of the the struggles between um, characters who are trying to take control of the flight kids, right. you know. And then you've got the love triangle, like romance aspect of it, as well as this girl who is kind of railing against her own instincts and struggling with what she believes is her duty and what she actually feels. And it was weird reading this book for me right now because of a lot of stuff I'm going through in my own life. And it's always good when you like get to read a book that you can really relate to the character because at that moment in time, everything about their situation is your situation. Uh-huh. So she's weighing all the pros and cons between these two guys and... I may or may not have been in a situation like that not too recently, but not you guys, obviously, (laughs) as we had discussed. So it's weird to see how, and it's funny because it's a man who wrote this and he's writing the perspective of a woman, but the way that he wrote her analysis of everything and the way that she weighs, you know, how this one talks to her and how this one treats her and how this one makes her feel and how long-term stability-wise this one and blah, blah, blah. It's so funny how dead on he is. And I'm kind of <laughs> impressed at his insight into the way females analyze relationships. So I got to give him props for that, if nothing else. Um, it wasn't anything that I was super moved by. I just, like I said, I related to the character on several things. And the fact that she's really, she's kind of a softie, but she like projects this image to the world that she's a hard ass 
And she's like fiercely loyal to her very small circle and doesn't trust anyone else. And I'm like, that is so me through and through. So I just really related to the main character, which is part of the reason why I kept reading it, because I don't think I would have been able to otherwise. Uh, I watch a lot of sci-fi stuff on Netflix. I've read a lot of sci-fi books. This is very formulaic. It's, I mean, almost kind of problematic at times because I could definitely see stuff coming. There were Definitely some twists and turns, some uh, characters thrown in, um, an old arch nemesis that had been referenced several times throughout the book that I kept thinking, surely Mr. Chu's going to come back. And then he didn't. And then he did. And it was like, wait, what? I knew it. But it took too long. (laughs) (laughs) Just when you'd given up hope, they pull you back in. Basically. And... Um, the young, there's the youngest character in the flock, Angel, um, also has the gift of sight and she, like the whole book is called Fang. So it sounds like it's mostly about Max. It's actually not. It's about a prediction made by Angel that Fang is going to die. So while she's struggling with her weird, like, I love two guys thing, sort, well, not really I love two guys, but I have to choose between these two guys. Um, Fang is supposed to die. So there's that added element. You know, mm. Fang, her mm. current boyfriend, and then Dylan, the new guy. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that your kid's name? Yes. <laughs> well, he was really hot in the book, so. Well, my son is also <laughs> really hot, as, it's, as it happens. <laughs> he's like a really young child, so I feel awkward saying anything about his physical appearance. Well, yeah, he's Dylan. my child, so I can say he's hot. Wait, is he 18? Yeah. Yes. He's a good-looking kid. He is a good-looking kid. See? We've talked about this before, though. We've talked about how how our kids turned out how they were when they were little and then how they actually turned out as adults it's actually kind of funny because if i think about it the description other than his hair color and height they kind of sound like they would look alike my dylan and your dylan in the in the book yes the character Uh, Hmm. that's funny it is funny yep yeah and and you know i can honestly say that he didn't get it from me (laughs) (laughs) um and he didn't get it from his dad either because he's adopted. So we had nothing to do with his beautiful physical appearance. I but. look exactly like my parents, both of them. I'm like the perfect blend of them. Well, he, he could Irritate. be our child. I mean, he he actually kind of looks a bit like my husband. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But, but it's funny. Does we he have the about... same eye color as you, though? Yeah. Our eyes are the same color. I was going to say, I'm pretty yeah. sure you guys actually yeah. do look alike. Yeah. It's cool how that works. Isn't it cool? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's funny how that works. It's because he's the child of my heart. (laughs) Just to wrap up on this really fast, James Patterson, Fang, um, the best part about the book was the fact that it was broken down into parts, which made it more manageable. And it was one of those books where they have really, really short chapters. So you're only 200 pages in, but you've read 96 chapters and you feel really accomplished. (laughs) 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 Because they're two page chapters. But that's funny. Yeah. And then you know it's written for kids. That's kind of how I felt. Like, this really did seem like it was felt, actually it, it was is. written for children. It is a young adult book. Okay. See. Series. That but, makes so much more sense. I just, it's like sci-fi, and it's James Patterson. I didn't even know he wrote stuff for little Well, kids. and that's just the thing, is James Patterson is sort of, over the years, he is, if, it's almost like he has become um, diluted to the point that, He'll put his name on anything. He probably had a contract that said, I will write 20 books over the next no, X amount of time. I think it's even more. And then he just turns the crap that. out. My per- perception of the way he writes now is 
people come to him and say, would you put your name on my book, please? That wouldn't surprise me I've at only all. read one, James Patterson, and, and it was I terrible. wasn't impressed. You, I mean, I actually me. did finish it. His I read early the work thing, was excellent. But I just, I didn't, I read Zoo, and I just yeah. didn't really care for it very much. The whole, it's a brand. It's not necessarily him anymore. It's a brand. Right. The whole end of the book, the other epilogue, is um, unpostedblogs.doc. So it was like a blog written by the main character, Max. So it, it looks like computer screen. It looks like you're actually reading on a website. And it was huh. really weird and kind of hard to get through because like, I have it open to a page right here where, as you can see, there are whole paragraphs that are crossed out. Yeah. Like You see the edits mm-hmm. of the characters in all of it. Huh. Yeah, it's really kind of weird. So I kind of, I don't know what it really added to the story. I don't think it did. So I stopped reading because I couldn't handle it anymore. It was confusing. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that in a so book before. So it might be okay for a young person. A 14-year-old? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that my best pick, but it was 25 cents at Goodwill. So don't So that me. explains why you, I was going to ask you, Kelly, why did you pick this book? And now I understand it. I just went, I, I don't know. I buy books more than I check them out because I like to have them and be able to you know leave it open on the countertop like so and mess up the spine and not have to worry about you know how that's going to ruin someone else's experience with the book later and I'm also a weirdo and I write in the margins a lot because I make weird analysis like as I'm writing it and if I or reading it and if I don't write it down right then I'll forget what I was thinking about because I'll get so immersed in the story and you know before I know it another 120 pages has gone by and I completely forgot what I thought about it so I like owning the book so I can abuse them (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's love them but to some people it would be considered abuse to books there are some people who would be absolutely flabbergasted that I would let the spine bend back or that I would write that's why they make paperbacks I mean yeah that's that's, That's what right. I always have. Paperbacks, but it's you know, okay to beat them up. You you always know when a book has been well-loved by the... How worn it is? How worn it is. Mm-hmm. I've taken it everywhere. It's been in my backpack. It's been on the beach with me. It's been in a lot of places. I may or may not have read it on the clock. Shh. I've had like 10, <laughs> at least 10 copies over the years of Lord of the Rings and just beat the shit out of them. Yeah. And then got new ones. I, that's why when I told, when uh, Nicole let me borrow that Constant Princess... I told her, I said, I'm hard on books. Are you sure you want me? Because it will go in my purse. Everything will go on top of it. And I'll pull it out and shake it off and start reading it again. Are you sure you want me to borrow this book? She's like, yeah, you won't do anything that I haven't already done. Yeah, she likes to read in the bath. I can't believe you made it through The Lord of the Rings. Tolkien's just too, and I can't believe hey, I'm about careful. to say this, too wordy for me. Careful. When the very first paragraph of a novel is the entire first page <laughs> and there are like 12 different semicolons in it I'm not following anymore I'm sorry I love I love Lord of the Lord Rings. of the Rings can't do it can't do it I love the movies never made it through the books couldn't that's do it that's okay we still love you Kelly I was just like oh my goodness at least you like the movies I love the story and it's kind of sad to me that I can't read it but I just can't make it through it, it it's not coherently written for me you know and it's not because i i it's really very lyrical don't make some weird millennial call me about 142 characters on twitter because no. i'm not no. that kind of millennial no it's just it's mm-hmm. a different kind sort of when you 
you have to acclimate to a style of speaking when you're when you're talking to someone who's from another country. And he definitely has a style. He has a style. You have to acclimate to the style. I could not. And sometimes <laughs> you can't, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Which is why I didn't make it through. That's it, okay because a book is different for every person. The Hobbit that reads was the worst. It. See, now uh, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. She's gasping over here. Hang on. Worst as far as my inability to make it through it. The Hobbit's like one of the very first books that I ever read that wasn't ABCs of science. Okay, but seriously, when you open the book, now don't diss Tolkien. Really, seriously, is like the whole thing. One sentence is like the entire page. But it's a brilliant sentence. Is it though? Yes, it is. Let's not argue here. We could get into a scuffle. There could be fisticuffs. Well, you know, <laughs> I might have felt different if we actually had cable and didn't get only three. See, same here. And it was raining outside, so I couldn't yeah, go out. I mean, and we fish. just had to deal with what we had. We, we didn't have no electricity, no Twitter back then. I'm we just really had to read the book we had because there was no library. We only had three channels. You and didn't have Rowling. You had Tolkien. Yeah, we did. Poor ladies. Yeah. No. So tell me about your book, because <laughs> now, that we're, now that we're done with our scuffle, I'm yeah. so done with this conversation. I'm putting my fisticuffs down. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, we won. She succeeded. Oh, Come goodness. at me, brethren. <laughs> no, I mean I still don't like Tolkien, so he didn't That's win. Okay, you don't have to like him. <laughs> you don't have to like him, but just know that we love him. And we're not going to share the one ring. Everyone gets mad at me because I don't like the Beatles either. So I feel like I made everyone mad with the Beatles comment. And now I'm doing it with Tolkien. I love the Beatles. I just don't I can't be your it. friend anymore. Yellow Submarine and Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And uh, I liked Eleanor Rigby. Hold your hand. Eleanor Rigby was a brilliantly written song. I am not a fan of the Beatles. Like, I just don't get And I, here's the thing. I can say that I'm a fan of the Beatles for one reason and one reason only. All of the other musicians that they influenced who continued to make music that I actually love. See, there you go. That's about it. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of we the Beatles. Know well, the same thing can be said about Tolkien. Think of Very all true. of the people yeah. that he influenced. To go and write, hey, maybe he influenced Rowley. He probably did. Well, thank you, because Harry Potter is badass. Can yeah. I say badass on yeah. the podcast? Yeah, you can say anything you want on the podcast. Well, I have never dropped the F-bomb. Consider Josh does it lucky. every time yeah. he comes on the he program. Does. Several I, times. I cuss a lot, so it's kind of a miracle I haven't. <laughs> I'm proud of me. It's because I'm in the like, radio mentality and you have to like... Yeah, we are sitting in a radio station you control room right now. You clean yourself up when you're yeah. on the air. Yeah. I really wish that I could do... I like kind of let it go radio, a little bit like, because like, I can. <laughs> But I would only be talking about the president. Anyways, something about a book. <laughs> okay, you want to go on to my book? Yes. Have we had enough of our little fun? Yes. Our interlude, our if interlude. you will. My book, I had a very hard book week because, for one thing, I've been extremely busy at work. Very, very, very busy at work. So I haven't had a chance to, like, read at lunch or anything. And then I had headphone problems. So, the one, you know, the one day that I could have done something... I couldn't get my stupid headphones to work, which I'm sure it's user error, but I I ended up just putting them down, going and getting coffee and thinking, screw it, I'll listen to the radio. But so I had to go back a couple of weeks and I read a book called Fortune's Daughter by Alice Hoffman. This wasn't one of my favorite books, but it was interesting enough that I actually did finish it. It read a lot like um, Mr. Splitfoot. 
you remember oh, when yes. I read that. God, I it love was, Mr. Splitfoot. And it actually had a few um, similarities. It started out as just a story of a, a girl named Ray. And she, when she's young and she's living at home and everything, and, you know, home is so awful. And she, her boyfriend is, you know, box authority and talks her into, you know, running away and going to California. So they go to California and I Take don't... me with you. <laughs> I don't think they were ever married or anything, but he's not the greatest of people. He's very bossy. I don't want to say he's really abusive because he never controlling. Her. Controlling. That's a good word for it. He's very controlling and she lets him be, which was a little irritating. And I kind of wanted to quit reading it because she was just so let, submissive. So passive. Right. Because she was submissive and passive and just let him run everything in her life, which Some I didn't like. like that. I didn't like that. Yeah, but I don't like that. Right. So to read about a character, <laughs> just the like fact that, that we're all sitting here being bossy little wenches that we are, kind of <laughs> is a foregone right. conclusion that we would not that we like, don't that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so she um, goes to this fortune teller, and she, um, and the fortune teller reads her fortune, and she sees a child in her fortune, in her future, and this particular fortune teller does always sees death when she sees a child in somebody's future always sees death so she tries to avoid anyone who has a child that she sees in their fortune so if she sees if she sees that there's a child in the fortune a dead child she just doesn't say anything well i she's very remember on mr splitfoot how they used to tell the people what they wanted to hear with their fortunes oh right okay Okay, well, she so kind of does the same okay. thing. So she sees something really horrible. She just doesn't say anything. She yes. tells them what she thinks she wants them to know or okay. what, what she, they want to hear from her by what their reactions are and what the questions are that she asks. Hmm. Okay. But every time that she sees a child or a pregnancy in someone's fortune or like in their palm reading, I can't remember what exactly she tea leaves she reads tea leaves that's what it was she always tries to end the fortune quickly her prediction quickly and move on to the next person it's because anytime she sees a child or pregnancy or something she always sees death in their future also always every time Hmm. so and she doesn't tell them obviously because she tells them what they want to hear and nobody wants to hear that why would they so (laughs) So anyways, back to... Depressing. By the way, you're going to get pregnant and die. (laughs) And someone's going to die. Back to our little submissive Ray. She goes to this fortune teller. Her fortune sees a child in her future. And Ray's kind of one of those real inquisitive people. And she keeps, you know, bombarding her with questions. And the fortune teller really doesn't want to answer her questions, which her name is Lila. And she doesn't really want to answer a question. She's trying to brush her off. And Ray just won't get the hint that she was trying to brush her off. Right. So finally she, you know, does her fortune and and goes away. Well, then Ray finds out she's pregnant. And she goes to this controlling boyfriend that she has. And he doesn't like the fact that she's pregnant. So he leaves. 
she actually stands up for herself a little bit with, you know, kudos for her. She gained a little bit back in my mind and leaves. And uh, then, of course, Ray's alone because none of her family lives in California. So she keeps trying to strike up this friendship with the fortune teller, Lila. And the fortune teller, of course, doesn't want anything to do with her because of the death she sees. Right, huh? exactly. Oof. Well, you know, it kind of goes back and forth, and it's not very interesting. And I was just about ready to give up on it and put it down. And it started getting a little interesting because there was a few things that didn't quite make sense. And I didn't quite understand. So I wanted to find out what this underlying mystery was in Layla's life. Lila. And then it, Lila, sorry, Lila's life. And then it starts going into her backstory and tells about her story. And then you find out why she sees death in children. Oh, so it's really not about the person that she's reading at all. It's about her. Right. Does she have a kid die? Well, she lost a child in a very unique way. Well, probably not unique. See, I nailed it. And she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but and she didn't know the whole story about the child. And she never finds out. And then when she starts, you know, actually becoming friends with Ray, she starts in her own mind wanting to go back and find out what happened to this child. So she does. And this is kind of where, and this is one of the reasons why I wasn't going to review this book, because one of the main reasons why I kept reading this is because I have a morbid curiosity of how p- other people handle death. And so I, don't I think wanted it's morbid, and I think it's like kind of a shame that that is something that's viewed as a morbid view. Like everyone dies. I feel like this is something that should be talked about and expressed, and people have curiosities and fears and worries about it. So, like, why don't we discuss it? Well, it's not just the curiosity or just the fears and stuff. It's the quirky things that you do when somebody dies. Yeah, because everyone that, responds differently. That's fascinating. That you would never, <laughs> you would never pick up on, and you would think was absolutely crazy. Unless you've been through the same thing. So then, you know, you start going, yeah, that is a little crazy, but I can kind of understand why that happened that way, you know? And I, I don't, I don't know. It was just, it ended up being more of an interesting story than I thought, but it took a little bit for me to get into it. Hmm. I feel like that was kind of the, the theme for me too. And it's weird how a lot of times authors can take it back. After they've mm-hmm. lost your attention, rope you back in. Right. And see, Mr. Splitfoot, I told you that it was about. Right. It yes. was like that for okay. me. And I was about ready to. I couldn't remember. Put it up. Which, I mean, because we had talked about this book and I totally couldn't remember what it was about. Now I remember. Now I remember what we right. were talking about. Because Mr. Splitfoot, they were, they were walking and she was pregnant. Yeah. And then they had the one. What was it? That, I don't remember if it was a foster brother or sister or an aunt i think it was an aunt that was going with them but she never spoke this was yes, Mr. Splitfoot. it was her yeah it was the aunt that right. showed and up and there walked was with some them. stuff that wasn't quite right but it so you, you have this question in your mind when you're reading it so it keeps you reading because you're kind of curious why, why didn't this happen you know why didn't she talk the whole time mr yeah. chu yes exactly so there's that little thing that keeps you reading and it's funny because as as a person who reads constantly, you would think that because you read constantly, you would be able to see further ahead more often. Right. And this actually had enough twists and turns, even though it wasn't one of my favorite books, 
that when I was reading it and a few things happened, I actually, it made me go slack jaw at my desk. Really? While I was working. I was like, oh my God, I did not see that coming. <laughs> see, I love when that happens because I rarely have that reaction to books anymore. Me either. Very rarely. Because like yeah. you said, the more often you read, the easier it is to pick up on those foreshadowing clues and realize what's about to go down before it actually goes right. down. Right, right. This was a very different kind of book then because there wasn't very much action. It was very, very monotone. And I think a lot of people would probably put it down I in the have. first couple of chapters because <laughs> it's not, it's kind of interesting, but it's just kind of telling about our life. You're not really quite sure where the story's going for a while. Yeah. And, but then it picks up. So if you stick with it. But it ha- if it has a jaw dropper in there, that's always interesting though. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it's Fortune's Daughter by who? By Alice Hoffman. Alice Hoffman. Have you read some of her stuff before? No, but I see her on the shelf all the time. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing when you said it. I was like, that sounds yeah. really familiar. Alice that does Hoffman. sound really familiar. I'm going to have to now go look it up and see if I can find. There are a bunch of authors that are like that, like Jody Picoult. I've read a couple of her books. And... uh they're really Alice similar Monroe. to Rosamond Pilcher and yeah, um, but I haven't ever read anything from any of those women. It's name? mostly Nora because Roberts. they say heartwarming on the title. <laughs> anything that says heartwarming or poignant, I'm like, no. Well, I wouldn't really call this a heartwarming tale. No, 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 no. I mean, um, no. It didn't even end. I mean, it ended on maybe an upside, but it didn't even really end like. A happily ever after thing. I kind of like things that don't end happily ever after, though. I kind of, if you put it in too much of a pretty little bow at the end, no. See, I'm like the exact opposite. I'm like, wrap that up, make it nice and neat for me. I need a bow. No. <laughs> I need all of the storylines finished. Like, I can't stand it when a book finishes oh, with, I like it when with one part me. of it's undone and you have to fill it in. Like, oh, I like that. No, that bothers me because there's so many variables and I my know, brain can write a billion what, of them. And that's why <clears throat> if it's left at the end, oh, your brain keeps going and thinking about it. Yeah. And I don't know. I really prefer it that way myself. And I'll have to say. I feel like say, that's some hating stuff on the author's Remember when Nicole was reviewing the leftovers, which last week I told you, you you were reading it. I was I was still reading it, and it hadn't I hadn't quite gotten done with it yet. Mm -hmm. And remember when she said when it ended, it was kind of like what the hell? Yeah, that's what she said. Her exact words, quote unquote, what What the the hell? hell? That is exactly how it ended. It just kind of ended in the middle of the story, and I read it, and it was like. What the hell? <laughs> I can't tell you how many books I've read like that and been really bothered by it. When the Hunger Games first came out, I didn't realize at that point that it was going to be a series. Uh. The, I didn't see anything. I didn't read anything about it. I didn't read the little, you know, disclaimer at the end or anything that says in the next installment of, and they usually give you like a preview chapter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I didn't realize that there was going to be another one. It just ended abruptly. And I was so mad. Like, what the hell? What's happening? And then the second one comes out. I'm like, oh, thank God. It's a series. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now it makes <laughs> sense. Which I've read books like that before where it ends and you're like, oh, understand. How is there no more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were too many things left unanswered. There must be another disc in here I'm missing. Yeah. Well, I'm into a really good book. I don't know if I've ever mentioned uh, Joe Nesba before. You have. Nesba. I tried to read him. Um the main character Harry Hole. He's a. Uh, Did you just say Harry Hole? I said Harry Hole. 
That actually, is a terrible name. Actually, it's uh, it's Norwegian. <laughs> it's supposed to be Harry Hula. Hula. But uh, we say it whole because we're Americans. Ugly Americans. <laughs> we're American. So, yeah, he's a detective, but he's very flawed. And like, uh, Well, you told me about Nesbo, and I tried to It's read very it. difficult to read. Well, I tried to listen to it, and it's a, a the main character is male, correct? Yeah. Harry. Okay, well, they had the the audio book that I was reading was told in a woman's voice. A woman was reading it, so I couldn't I couldn't displace. I don't remember which one that would the that fact been. that there was a woman reading it, but she was reading in the point of view of the man because I'd hear her voice and I'd automatically put a female uh, lead character, and I couldn't differentiate hmm. between the two enough. And I finally just had to put it down because it was bugging me too much. I'm glad you mentioned the whole audiobook thing because I haven't been on since I tried to do this. Speaking of the whole beach book thing, I decided to borrow a bunch of audiobooks from Martha <laughs> on my way down to Port Aransas because we drove. And, you know, this is a nine-hour drive, so we're going to have mm-hmm. some time. We can listen to some discs. Right. Like, let's mm-hmm. do this. So my girlfriend and I load up. She loves to read, too. So we're like... Okay, cool. You know, we're going through all of them. We pick one, we agree on it. We put in the first disc. About 20 minutes in, we look at each other, and I'm like, are you paying attention to this? And she's like, no, I've spaced out so many times, I have no idea what's going on. I was like, me neither. I just tuned in, and somebody's dead now, and I'm confused. Like, what's happening? So I just couldn't do the audio because your mind is on a million other things, and, and you do this... As you're listening, you know, they said this one line that reminded you of your own situation or whatever, and you trail off on your own little side thought, and then you, when you tune back in 20 seconds later, you've missed a key part of the story. That does not happen to me. Oh, it was so bad. Like, we were, like, you know, dogs with squirrel. Like, just, like he just kept going off on his little bunny trails and could not stay focused. So then we were like, well, maybe it's just this guy's voice. He was kind of irritating me, and the way that he read the words, like, I could almost see the words on the page and the way I would have read it and what words I would have put emphasis on. Mm-hmm. And the way that he read it was kind of irritating to me. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he was trying to put on, you know, announcer voice. Yeah, there definitely are. And um, was reading it just really, like that, yeah. it was kind of mechanical and irritating. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, well, maybe it's just this guy. And she's like, yeah, I don't like his voice either. So we picked this other one and it's like a, um, I think she was a British chick. She had an accent. I, I don't remember exactly, exactly what accent it was, but I feel like it was British. And... We liked her voice a little bit more, but same thing. We just couldn't stay focused. We just gave up on the audiobooks, and I was like, all right, not for me. Can't do it. Hey, that's a little okay. bit ashamed of myself, At given like, you tried. my audio background yeah. that I can't stay focused on yeah. something that long, but I just couldn't. <laughs> that's okay. Well, you know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. I, but like Martha said, at least you tried it. Yeah, I mean, I probably will try it again later. And it could also be, we were on 35 southbound. There was a lot of construction, several slowdowns, a lot of distractions on the road as well. Yeah, that could have been it. Yeah, I mean, there was just, I'm going to have to try it maybe not driving. If I was just listening to it sitting at my house, like, you know, cooking some food or whatever, like, it might be different. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll have to check in again on another day find out if you tried it again again. if you find in the meantime you better start reading though kelly because i'm going to be going on vacation soon okay so we might Um, need some guests yeah we only have a couple of weeks are you gonna make me run it again i don't know possibly possibly i just get really excited (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna make me run it again she says i said make me i I would do it it's not a big deal but yeah that's not an imposition I mean, where? how else are you going to get free Starbucks? 
I know, right? <laughs> Why do you buy I Starbucks was when I'm really gone? Flattered that I was asked. I was like, all right. I think I did buy Starbucks at one time that you were gone. You did. I did. It was really nice. I love how she just picked up that mantle and just ran with it. Yeah, don't expect me to. I work in radio. (laughs) Well, I have to be, you know, I have to be the Martha when she's gone. You are the Martha when I'm gone. I have to take the Martha role. (laughs) You make me sound like Martha Stewart. And no, I'm not a felon. The Martha Martha role. What's wrong with felons? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not a felon either. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. As long as they have red hair, right? I really wish I still had the picture, but I posted this story or this picture to my story on Snapchat of my empty refrigerator. Squirrel. It was completely, you know, we were talking about the coffee thing. So, and I didn't expect (laughs) me to bring it, but I was looking at this while you guys were talking and it's gone, of course, but it was so funny because it's completely empty except for milk. And I was like, this is what a degree gets you. (laughs) Hey, I've had, I've had some weeks like that where I look in the refrigerator and I'm like, we have cheese. My refrigerator, refrigerator and milk has been like and that ketchup. for months. What can I make for dinner out of that? It's been like that for months. You've seen my refrigerator. And I, I'm, I can't participate in this conversation. Yeah, your refrigerator's <laughs> always full. <laughs> it's always full of shit. All right, we got to wrap this sh- baby up. Yep. This is where we go. Something, something, something. Put a three book girls. That's exactly on it. it. Can I say it all like that? Three book girls. You can say it anywhere your little heart desires. And that's and gonna do it for three, three book girls. girls. <laughs> <laughs>